Welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed with Bishop Merton L. Clark. The Word of Truth Revealed is the media outreach ministry of Truth Revealed International Ministries and Interdenominational Spirit-Filled Fellowship of Believers located in Palm Bay, Florida. Our mission here at Truth Revealed is to produce disciples and to empower the populace to live out the truth of God's Word within the framework of their environment. On today's broadcast, we're continuing the message we began at the beginning of the week where Bishop Clark uses Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 25 as the foundation scripture for part two of the message, Godly Instructions for High Achievers. trying to get y'all you may not be as, as persuasive as me but you need to do something lift your hand can you wave your hand can you say hallelujah <laughs> how you gonna love me you never change I don't see you ever you still cool walking this way all the time how you gonna say you love me what I need you to pick it up Stop it. come on come on let me know show me that you understand how you gonna walk past me and not speak to me and talk about you love me? That don't make any sense. You better square it up. Glory to God. I said, Megan, I love you. Me too. I don't need no me too. I need to hear you say, I love you too, daddy. Well, I don't want to say it if you don't mean, no, I'm training you how to love. If you say you love something, you'll start loving it. <laughs> you don't have to feel anything first but if you say I love you first then you'll start feeling the love thank you God I love I love the tithe I love the tithe well, I don't feel it yet I love the tithe I love the tithe I love the tithe Ooh, I love the tithe after a while you'll start getting hard to tithe I don't know, I got this woman, I don't like a hairdo, but I love to see her get a new hairdo. So I'm going to invest in her getting a new, ooh, I love your hair. I love your hair. I love, ooh, I love. And after a while, the feeling will kick in. You can direct your emotions by speaking the right words. That's why this tongue, the scripture says, a world of iniquity. You can cause your own body and your heartbeat to go after things if you start speaking it. And if you start speaking about God, your heart will start beating for God. Draw near to the Lord. Draw near and he will draw near to you. What does it mean to draw near? To get close to someone or something. Either li literally or figuratively. What does it mean to draw near? Let me help you. It means to approach or to come closer. If that chair is a type of object of my love and I'm standing here, if I'm to draw near, I must close the distance to the chair. Now, I'm still not touching it, but I close the distance. Every day I close the distance. Not trying to be superhuman, but every day I close the distance until I can touch the chair. Ultimately, be able to do what the chair is designed to do for me is to give me comfort and rest. I can sit in it. And that's how we need to draw near to God. In our faith, 
Faith comes by hearing. You need to sit up under the word. So if you want to draw to God in faith, faith comes by hearing. You cannot bypass that. You will not gain faith if you're not under the word. Number two, worship. You draw near to him in worship and full assurance. In worship. That means you need to be in the house of the Lord. This is the place where we get, get gassed up. But you worship him every time you pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed, hallowed be thy name. That hallowed be thy name is worship. You should do it every time you pray. Before you ask him for anything, I hallow your, I hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. I bless you. Your name. Know the names of God. This is a good place to start. You'll draw close to him when you know his name. If I told you he was provider, you'll say he's provider. He's provider. Big P provider. Not job. He is. So if I told you that, that he was provider, and you drew close to that in your worship, you're drawing close to God. If I told you he is sanctifier. He is. Not you just washing, he is sanctifier. So you draw close, you begin to worship him for being sanctifier. What, does need, what do you need clean? What do you need clean? Put it before him. And you're drawing close to the Lord. Thank you, God. What about in godly obedience? Just obeying God draws you closer to God. If he asks you to go and ask for forgiveness of someone who you hurt their feelings, you draw close to him when you obey him. Not when you say, oh, no, I don't feel it. No, you don't have to feel it. You do it. I've never liked changing diapers. I don't, I've never liked it. I don't whistle. Ooh, look at the cute diaper. Ooh, I don't do that. I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I've never liked changing diapers. If I can pass it on, I pass it to somebody else. You can take care of that. You take care of that. I like providing. That's my gift. I like to be able to buy a gift or put food on the table and watch you eat. I don't like cleaning up mess. It's not my natural thing. Okay? I do it because it's necessary. Not because I like it. It's necessary. I do it because it's what? Necessary. There are things you do that you don't like. But it's necessary. And you do it. You're not looking for somebody to praise you. Nobody clapped their hands when they saw me changing diapers. You got grass. You got to cut it. That's necessary. You have a bathroom, you have to sanctify it daily. Get that 409 up in there. In all of our bathrooms, I have this, this bleach thing that you squirt. It's in every bathroom. If I could, I have it in every bathroom in the nation. That's, the older I get, I like things clean. I have hand sanitizer with me. I shake a thousand hands. So I may do that several times through a day, through a day, throughout the day. I try to brush at least twice, but sometimes three times. I'm always in people's face. You understand? It's necessary. You don't necessarily like these things, but you do them because they're necessary. Just obey God. It's necessary. You obey him, you're drawing close to him. Make the right choices, you're, you're drawing close to God. Watch what you say. You're drawing close to God. This is going to help you. Don't use profanity. And you're drawing close to God. And you would say, Bishop, how would you say you're talking to church people? No, I'm talking to the world. There are Christians who say they love Jesus. But if they get mad, they forget that. 
I've been in my office, and they just start cussing, cussing, cussing. And I say, excuse me, Bishop, I'm sorry, but this is how I do it. I say, go ahead. <laughs> I'm used to it now. I'm used to it. I mean, just let it go. Blah, blah, blue, blah, blah, blah. Oh, they, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Bishop. I say, go ahead. It's already out now. Let me know where you stand. I'm not fragile. That don't mess me up. I already knew you. I can tell. You, you're about to say it sometime when you're in church. And then and you're about to say it. You'll catch yourself. So I know what you do when you're not here. We had a full conversation with me. about to use the word uh, H or the S word, you know. And, they'll say, and they just keep going. I already know you do it. But you're trying to watch it while you're with me. You draw close to God if you just stop. Watch your expressions. Get control over your tongue. You're drawing close to God. Your practice, your daily practice. Everybody got it? Now that's a good message on drawing close to God. I got six others. You ready for the next one? It's also seen in verse 22. Have a pure conscience. Have a pure conscience. Verse 22. Let us draw near to God with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Have a pure conscience. It's right there. Have our, have our, our hearts sprinkled. The Bible says having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Heart sprinkle. Well, if you know anything about a sprinkler system, it is not designed to flood you. It's just enough water sprinkler to make you green over a period of time. So this requires space and time systematically to purify conscience. Why is that important to be a high achiever? My conscience being pure. John chapter 8 and verse 9. John chapter 8 and verse 9 is on the screen. It reads like this. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first. Until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Now, here we see a scene where these religious people grabbed a woman who they caught in a bad act. And they drag her, open her stuff up, tell the world what she did, drag her before Jesus and say, look at her to see what he would do with this situation. Notice now, notice now, anybody doing that kind of foolishness is so off. I don't care how righteous you think you are. You never expose people's sin openly. You never go on blast. You never go to Facebook and just go off on nobody. Listen to what I'm saying. If you're doing that, it's immature and it's religious. It has nothing to do with God. If you find out something about someone, you're supposed to go to them directly and cover it. You are not to expose anybody at any given time. I know Thousands of bytes of information about thousands of people, but it's not my job to expose you because if God wanted us exposed, he could strip it back. 
prophecy is in the hand of the Lord. And it is a privilege that's in his hand. You got the privilege of prophecy. If nobody knows what you've done, it's because God did not scroll it back. At any given time, he can expose all of us. But he should be the one that does it, not us. One of the things the enemy does is love to flag. He's the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren. Which means nobody knows. And he's always running his mouth because he wants God to hear. Which he's up before God in the second heaven screaming out all of our issues. And Jesus is saying, but I died. He makes intercession for us. That's the present duty of Jesus right now. He's not on the cross. He forever lives making intercession for the saints. Which means when the Satan comes in and says, look what they did wrong. Jesus said, but look what I've done. Give them another chance. That's what you need to know about his present ministry. Here we see a bunch of religious folk drag this woman in, lay out before Jesus. Look what she's done. Well, she did it. It's right there. But I want you to read the scripture. The Lord just highlighted that to me so you can start looking at conscience. At this, what Jesus did when he brought the woman to Jesus, he knelt down and he began to write in the sand. I don't know what he wrote. I can assume, but I don't know what he wrote. He could have been writing out all of their sins that he was privy of knowing. He wrote something in the sand. Then he stood up and said, you without sin. You without, if you have no sin, I want you to be the first one to pick up this stone because death then came not by electric chair or hanging. It came by throwing stones at a person. It's called stoning. They would take stones and sling them at you so much so until you die. It's a gruesome death. Jesus said, if you're without sin, then you be the one to pick up the stone. Now we see conscience. That's that part of you that no one else can see. Only you and God knows where you've been. Thank you God. Now look what happens when he magnifies the state of their conscience. Scripture says. Those who heard began to go away. One at a time. From the older ones. First. Until only Jesus. So. The people who lived on earth longer were the first to back up to say, I can't throw that. The ones who lived on the earth longer. The old coons. The ones who've been around the way for a while. The ones who had some good days. And some hills to climb. The one that had some weary days. And some sleepless night. But when I look around. Those ones. Been on the earth for a while. Been in the church for a while. Seen a few systems. Had some failings themselves. They were the first to throw the rock down. And walk away. Not today though. Those of us who've been in church for a while, we're the first ones that want to execute. It really means your conscience isn't pure. I want you to think about it. You're the first to want to flag up or execute. It means your conscience isn't pure. They begin to walk away because conscience was speaking. 
Help me to teach, Lord, like you give it to me. Until Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Only the woman could stand there. I think her conscience was the most, the purest of all because she didn't walk away. She couldn't kill herself. She couldn't commit suicide because she had sin. The key between her, the difference between her and the rest of those folk is she stayed right there with Jesus. Pure conscience doesn't mean you're perfect, but what it means is when, you're, when your history doesn't measure up to your verbals, you don't walk away from him. You draw close. If you want your conscience to be purified, you draw close and never let him go. An impure conscience says, because I don't measure up, I'll back up from God. I won't go no more. I'm done. I give up on it. No, no. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory. A pure conscience, a pure, the conscience that's moving to purity says, yes, I did it, but I need you to fix me. I need you to help me. Amen. It is the process of identification, interaction, and training. Even becoming one with the environment. What I mean by that is, when you purify your conscience, you need to be, it is the process of identification, which means, I want you to think about a baby. Usually when babies are born, this is the best time to shape their conscience, before they even know Jesus. That means when they do wrong, they have to acknowledge it. If they slap their sister, you're supposed to stop and say, you don't slap her. That's wrong. But she's not, no. That's not it. Now I need you to say I'm sorry to her. That's what parenting does. When you do those kind of things, you're helping their conscience to stay healthy. But if you let it go, it will become hardened. The next time they can hit her with a pencil or try to stab her. And you say, why would you do that? I told you not to do that last week. Well, there's a process of identification with the conscience. And it takes time. When you get saved, when you caught in the act and you get saved, this is the time where you draw close to God. Not try to sing on a team or go to a church where you can usher. You need to draw close discipleship. Learn the word because he's going to start correcting you. That wasn't right. You're hanging around the wrong people. And when that happens, you will purify your conscience. If you continue to hang around the wrong people, you won't know if you're in the house or out of the house. Interaction is part of that. Interaction. How do you relate? 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 Interaction. If you never can say you're sorry, you're not interacting right. Everybody has to say they're sorry to you, but you never say, I'm sorry. Think about where you are. You want to be a high achiever, you have to be able to say, I was wrong. 
I was wrong. I'm not gonna make no. I'm not gonna make no adjustments. I'm not gonna try to prove I'm right. I was wrong on this, and I take full responsibility. When you do so, man, your your heart it just it purifies the conscience. Then you got to be trained. Write it down. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I won't finish this. I have to come back. But a, a pure conscience is your best friend. Because when nobody else is around, it will talk to you. When nobody, a thousand miles away, that consciousness, you didn't do that. That's not right. If it's pure now, it won't let you slide. <laughs> now, all of us can point at, point at hell and issues that are in manifesting in other people. But a pure conscience is your best friend because it won't let you rest until you make a phone call. Until you sit down and get a cup of tea. Let's talk about this. Come now, let's reason together. We've been estranged way too long. Thank you, Lord. Pure conscience would tell a father, though I am the father and I run the show, my son and I, my daughter and I are not communicating like we should. We need to close the distance. And let's draw closer to each other. Let's talk about it. I notice that when I have to correct my child, she'll be 18 next month. I can't do it like she was 18 months. When she was 18, two years old, three years old, if she started getting into herself, throwing her hands on her hip and going off like that, I'll say, ow, ow, no. She fall right in line. I didn't tolerate it, especially with mama. I didn't let her go off. Whoo, let me tell you something. That never happened in my house. Because when it starts, I'm the one. How? What? What? That's what I do as a father. Calm that down when you talk to mama. But then she. It doesn't matter what she did. I need you to make the adjustments. This is a part of your development. And if I talk to mama, that's between her and I, not in front of you. <laughs> I never let her think that she's closer to me than mama. You will raise up hell in your house if you don't know how to work with that. And if you have a blended family, you have to learn how to work with that too. You don't marry a person that you can't trust your children with. You got to let them know that the marriage is the great one. I draw a line of loyalty to the one I'm married to. And we together will work with you. I know y'all messed up on that. You don't know. That's my child. That's my child. I know that's your child. But I'm giving you some wisdom. We have a whole lot of blended families here. That's how you work it. That's how it works. And in the early age, if you don't do what's right, conscience will speak to you. You don't let it rule you now. You, can, you, you don't let it rule you, but it will speak to you. It's your best friend. 
Now to develop a good conscience, you need, you need the Holy Spirit to help you. You cannot develop it alone. You can make attempts, but you need Holy Ghost to help. It's a mixture of Holy Spirit, empowerment, and discipline. So you go through discipleship courses, you ask for forgiveness, you do what you got to do. Holy Spirit then will give you the grace to work with it, and then you discipline yourself. And your conscience will start becoming pure. In today's economic and social climate, we all have our struggles, financially and emotionally. Are you tired? Frustrated? Do you feel like the world has taken the best from you? Everyone has been right where you are at one time or another. We understand just how you feel. Let your search for hope lead you to Truth Revealed International Ministries, 2838 Palm Bay Road, Palm Bay, Florida. We are a Bible teaching and discipleship ministry dedicated to unveiling truth to the nations. Please join us Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We live stream every service on the World Wide Web at truthrevealed.org. Get excited. You don't have to wander anymore. Hope and love are waiting for you at Truth Revealed. If something was said during today's teaching that blessed you, or if you would like to find out more information about Truth Revealed International Ministries, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at The Word of Truth Revealed, P.O. Box 60128, Palm Bay, Florida, 32906, or you can email us at thewordoftruth at truthrevealed.org. You can also visit us on the web at www.truthrevealed.org. If you're on Facebook, visit the Truth Revealed International Ministries fan page and click like. From time to time, you'll receive inspirational words of wisdom along with information about what's happening at Truth Revealed. Now, if you would like to purchase today's message for your personal library, when you write to us or email us, use reference number 2508. That's reference number 2508. Just include a $5 donation for CDs and a $12 donation for DVDs. And now, final thoughts from Bishop Clark. King David said this. He said, I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed big bread. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above your ability, but will with every test also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God loves you. And so do I. I want you to be encouraged. Lift up your head and let the King of Glory come in. Who is this King? He's our Lord, our Savior. He's mighty and strong, and he's mighty to fight in every
every battle that you're facing. Until next time, God bless you and keep you is my prayer.